Hey friends, just wanted to give you a heads up that if you are listening to this episode with young kids around, you'd probably want to listen to it to yourself first before listening together. Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with one of our Courageous Hope leaders, Grace Brower. Hey, Emma. Grace, it's so fun to have you here. It's fun to be here. We used to serve at the porch together Mm -hmm. for a little bit, and it's, it's fun to have you here. I would love just to have you kick us off by sharing a little bit of your story. How'd you come to know the Lord? And fast forward, what's going on in your world today? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up at Watermark. Um, I've been here for probably around 21 years now, but I didn't understand the gospel until I was a sophomore in college. Um, how I tell my st- my testimony now versus how I would have told it two years ago has drastically changed. I just would have said I was hard-hearted, found my identity in dating relationships and all those things. But um, going through premarital counseling with my now husband, we had some mentors challenge us and say, hey, like, Grace, you say that you've been sexually abused. Have you healed from that? Mm-hmm. And I said, I mean, I've, I've told my community group, yes, I think so. And I was just challenged to look into the ministry, Courageous Hope, that we have here at Watermark that's sexual abuse recovery. And it was actually starting the following week, which was amazing timing. So I got to walk through healing that I have never experienced. I got to feel three months later after starting Courageous Hope like a completely different person. Mm. Just had no idea how much it had impacted my life, being abused as a as a six-year-old and, and a couple other times throughout my life. And now I get to lead in that ministry, and I'm going on four groups now, which is really wow. exciting. So it's awesome to get to see women walk through the healing that I got to experience myself. Absolutely. And now you and Brandon, you're married. Mm-hmm. Married. What's, what's, what do you do for work? What's going on in your life now? I'm in commercial real estate doing tenant representation, and my husband does the exact same thing. But yes. we're at competing companies. So oh, right. It's great. That's it's interesting. It's really fun. <laughs> Well, I, how about we just jump in? Yeah. Starting with chapter 12, though, would you just walk us through the story? What's happening here? Yes. So this chapter comes after the David and Bathsheba debacle. The Lord sent a prophet, Nathan, to David to to confront him over his sin and what, what he had just done. David responded through his confrontation that he sinned against the Lord and he mm-hmm. didn't try to make excuses. He owned what he did. And Nathan replies, the Lord's taken away your sin. You're not going to die, but the sword will never depart from your house. Mm. So David then walks through with Bathsheba losing their child that they had conceived while she was married previously to Uriah. And it says that after the child passed away, David went to her to console her. And then she gave birth to a son a little bit later named Solomon. Um, Something that I think is really beautiful about this passage is there's so much chaos going going on here. But Solomon means shalom, which also means peace and mm. peaceable. So we get to see how God brought peace into this chaos. And right after that, in verse 24, it says that the Lord loved him. And because the Lord loved him, he sent through Nathan, the guy who was just there accusing David, um, casting judgment on David and um, sharing the curse that the Lord was bringing on his household to name this child Jedidiah, which means beloved by Yahweh. And wow. that's just amazing to see that the last time Nathan was seen in the story, he is casting judgment on David, and here he's bringing him a word from the Lord to say that I love this child that was born through through chaos, which is just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
And then as I think that's an interesting spot for essentially chapter 12 to wrap up because as we head into chapter 13, we get even more chaos, mm-hmm. but God's character doesn't change. So as you look at chapter 13, knowing what you know about chapter 12, what observations did you make? So in chapter 13, there's a lot more chaos that happens. We see a son of David, Amnon, fall in love with his half-sister, Tamar. Mm. Um, And he is so sick about his love for her that he has a cousin named Jonadab who advises him to pretend to be sick and to convince David to send his daughter, Tamar, to Amnon to care for, for him so that he can take her. Something interesting here is that it says that Jonadab was a very shrewd man, and this is the same word that's used of the serpent in Genesis 3. Um, advising his cousin to pretend Mm. to be sick so that he can hurt his sister. It's a good observation. So here we see Amnon ask Tamar then, who comes to take care of him, and who is expressing virtue and these good qualities. Yeah, serving him, making food. Exactly. We see him say to her, come to bed with me, sister. And this is the same exact words that Potiphar's wife said to Joseph, come to bed with me. Mm. But he adds sister, which is kind of manipulative to her, Mm -hmm. making it a sweet sentence. She refuses him and asks that he would go to her father to ask for her hand in marriage. And this was against Levitical law, but it seems to be one that may not have been followed as Mm. much then because she suggested this. He refused to listen to her, and he raped her. And it says that he hated her more than he had loved her. And he proceeds to say to his servant, get this woman out of here. But the correct translation is get this out of my sight. Hmm. So he doesn't even use the word woman, um, just degrades her immediately wow. and casts her out. So a few more sad things happen to Tamar following this. Absalom, her other brother, sees her mourning and he knows that it was Amnon. He can tell that something happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, has that Amnon, your brother, been with you? So a couple of things here, just from working with women through sexual abuse, this is a really tough confrontation to have here with her other brother, Mm -hmm. who is seeming to come to her to console her in a way, because he says, has your brother been with you? But it was not that he had been with her, he had raped her. Mm -hmm. And then we also see— It's minimizing or invalidating. Exactly. We also see him say, be quiet for now and don't take this to heart. So in case this is not obvious, this is not how to respond to someone who's mm-hmm. just walked through something like this. He's silencing her, which a lot of women experienced. I experienced that myself with my own story. And he wasn't caring for her in that moment. And not only did that happen, but David, King David, her father, finds out about this. And he was furious, but he didn't do anything. Um, it says that Tamar in verse 20 lived out her days as a desolate woman. And this word desolate means unmarried and childless, which from a commentary that I read said that this was a living death for a Jewish woman. Right. Her life was over. Her life was over. Yeah. And it's so sad to see her brother then later in this chapter goes to kill her other brother two years later. Mm -hmm. But King David never does anything. So people think through this as maybe David felt convicted because he did the same thing. Mm -hmm. He took Bathsheba. He took what was not his and his own son followed in his ways. Mm -hmm. He then killed Uriah and then his other son, Absalom, then kills Kill, yeah. Amnon. Yeah. So they're following in the ways of their father. And this is such a lesson for—I'm um, not a parent yet, but a, for parents everywhere to just see that the way that you're walking, your children see that. Mm-hmm. The um, good and the bad. Yeah, and Amnon may have known that this is what happened with Bathsheba. So he may have been following in just the ways that he saw his father walk through life. So we know that 
I mean, both of them treated their sister poorly, but specifically, I want to zoom in on Absalom's response. Mm-hmm. It's it's clearly not the right response. If if somebody's listening and they know of someone, maybe a friend, a family member, who's experienced abuse, what what t- pointers would you give in when it comes to responding? Mm-hmm. You don't need to give advice. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that someone who has walked through abuse needs to hear is it was not your fault, and I'm so sorry. Something that one of the women at Courageous Hope taught me was saying it's okay is not okay. Hmm. So even helping them with that, of just saying it's okay and walking past it, um, sit with them, mourn with them, ask questions to them, but don't try to push them beyond what they're ready to talk about yet. Um, For me, hearing that it wasn't my fault, I really wrestled with that for multiple weeks. And when it hit me that a six-year-old doesn't have the ability to say no, um, even if you've had alcohol, that impairs your ability to consent. All these different things does not mean that you're saying yes, no matter Mm -hmm. what you're wearing, no matter what you're drinking. That is really important for women to see, to help them walk out of the shame that they're living in. Mm -hmm. Because no one has the right to treat another individual in that way. Exactly. Um, something else is that God was angered by this. We don't know much about Tamar's faith and what her relationship with him, with God looked like, but mm-hmm. God is furious at what happened here. And it may not say that, but we know that God loves us as his children. And in Luke 17, too, we see Jesus say that it is better for him if a millstone is hung around his neck and he is thrown into the sea than he, that he should cause one of his little ones to stumble. Mm. So we can see how much God loves his children and he did not want this to happen. And it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in a broken world, but God promises that there will be justice one day, be it by perpetrators serving eternity in hell or by them coming to know Christ and Christ taking that on the cross for them. Mm-hmm. What, um, let's, let's, as we close, let's speak to the person listening who maybe has experienced abuse and never confronted it. What encouragement would you leave them with? The hardest part of your healing journey is your first step. Walking into Courageous Hope on the first night for me was one of the hardest nights of my entire life. I had never admitted that this had happened to me. And I was ashamed to be sitting in a room and I felt like other people's stories were worse than mine. Mm. What happened to you has affected you probably deeper than you realize. Satan loves to twist sex and something that God gave to us as a gift between a man and woman married and loves to twist it and hurt us. And for any women and men too, but um, speaking from a female perspective, if you have walked through this and it's a part of your story or if you know it's a part of one of your friends' or family stories, have a first conversation with a trusted um, trusted friend, trusted counselor that loves the Lord. Maybe consider coming to Courageous Hope. And we'll put the link with information on how to sign up in the description. It's Monday nights, and you can jump in this week if you want to. Yeah, Awesome. Um, another application is watching who you're surrounding yourself with. So Amnon surrounded himself with bad counselors, walk with the wise and become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harms, it says in Proverbs. So if he had surrounded himself with those who were submitted to God's will, would this have happened and all the fallout that follows? Mm-hmm. We, we don't know. We don't know. But like we talked about in chapter 12, We can trust that God is a God of peace Mm -hmm. and a God of love and cling to him amidst any chaos in our lives. Absolutely. 
Grace, thank you for being here. Thank you so and, much for and having sharing me. vulnerably. I appreciate it. It's good to have you. Absolutely. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.